0: Everybody, welcome to football in general. It's Rob Case and Trevor Coppel. Trevor, uh, from what I understand, you're still you're you're making uh, 2022 uh, NFL mock drafts for fantasy, and uh, you know, really looking forward to the next season already. Uh, I mean, oh, so much right. so you, I, t- <laughs> I tell you, uh, I, I am... you just for foregoing any sort of NFL free agency and drafts and any impact that may have, and starting your <laughs> yeah. starting your mocks early here. I am. So. I'm very excited for next year. Uh,
1: you know, there's there's going to be a lot of, a lot of changes to a lot of teams going into next season, which is always exciting for anyone who didn't win the Super Bowl. Um, but uh, no, I I do think it's a little ridiculous how immediate and and uh, you know, intense these these fantasy football rankings have come out. It, it's just, it's a waste of time, even for speculation. I, I feel like you cannot tell me where Christian McCaffrey should be drafted in a fantasy draft when you don't know who the Panthers are going to be next year. Um, so, uh, you know, we, I, 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 understand it's, it's big business and and, and people are anxious to, to have football back, but we need to uh,
0: stuff a cork
1: in the uh, fantasy football speculation
0: because it's driving me mad right now. Uh, how else are these uh, these mock marks? That's what I call them. They're mock marks. <laughs> how else are these mock marks going to make money and stay relevant if there's no football season? What, well, what do you, what do you suggest they do instead?
1: Find something else to do in the off season because fantasy football will not be relevant for months. Um, even even just new. You know, I mean, yeah. It's it's just way too soon to try and predict who the top fantasy point-earning players will be. Um, I I understand that some players are going to have success no matter where they land, but when you're talking about, you know, ranking them individually against the others, it's too soon. It's too soon for any one of them. Um, You have no idea what Devontae Adams is going to be wearing on Sunday next year. Um, You you don't know who's going to be handing the ball off to Christian McCaffrey, you just don't know these things yet so uh, and not to mention I uh, off the top of my head I could be wrong but I think there's nine teams with new coaches so you know who knows which team is going to be built for success come uh, September so it's just it's way too soon for me and I, I get I have a lot of friends asking questions about fantasy football and it's just I don't know where to begin. I can't tell you who's going to be good next season. It's too
0: soon. Well, you know, you know it's 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 funny. Uh, you said you don't know what Devonte Adams will be wearing next season. I presume a jockstrap. Yeah, uh, yeah. You don't know who's going to be handing the ball off to Chris McCaffrey. I I also assume somebody with arms. <laughs> so, so uh, I mean, just generally speaking, that he'll be wearing clothes, and somebody with arms will be playing the quarterback position for the Carolina Panthers, and they'll be throwing either right-handed or left-handed. Believe yeah. it or not.
1: Yeah. Don't, so uh, don't tempt fate. All right. We might have our first one-handed quarterback in Carolina this year.
0: <laughs> I, it, it, I've seen stranger things in Carolina. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> for sure. Unfortunately, uh, didn't they have a mascot like the Panther that was like really weird looking or something like that?
1: Yeah. Like the yeah, actual think, Panther mascot. I think that yeah. one was all bad. I think people are trying to
0: forget. <laughs> I'd have to look it up. Uh, there was some something about it. Uh, oh, it was like, what's his... Uh, it was, oh, now I remember. It was like, what's his name? His name is Sir Boo or something like that. Or Sir... Huh. Sir. Something. It's Robbie Anderson and uh, another receiver on the sidelines talking about him. TJ Moore. They're like, what? Sir Pa or something like that. Yeah, okay. Uh, I, I remember that video now.
1: That was Something like modern.
0: that. And it was like a really weird looking mascot. So, yeah, they need to figure out some things down yeah. there. Like the color scheme, the uniforms are awesome. Charlotte's sure. a great city. You know, sir, it's just... Uh, sir Purr. Sir. sir Purr. Yeah. What's it, What's that guy? What's the guy up there? He's like, he's Sir... Hey, well, that's Sir Purr. That's <laughs> uh, one of my favorite things to come out of that season. So as you can see, folks, we're really trying to stretch out this episode so far. And uh, <laughs> boy, really doing a good job of doing it. Um, let's get to a way... What, well, let, here's just a guy that keeps... The gift keeps on giving with him. And if anything, we just keep getting great content and none of us are upset about it. And he can just keep producing things, um, because if anything, it, it just is going to keep our show from, from uh, going under and having listeners and downloaders, um, because he's he, he honestly just great comedic material, and to get to the point, I'm talking about Aaron Rodgers. Um, oh, brother. Don't know if any of you have heard of him, uh, or know of the name, um, but uh, <laughs> I left this to, uh, so Trevor didn't hear it firsthand before we got in there, so I get an authentic reaction. Um, you don't know what happened. I I don't know. I I,
1: I just found out that he said something, I don't know, controversial, noteworthy.
0: Let's start with (laughs) his Instagram post, all right? Because that's the way people communicate these days, and what they're going to do is on Instagram. Let's be honest. Uh, That's how we find out a lot of things about players and celebrities is on Instagram or some sort of social media BS. Yes, and I need Instagram to tell me what I want to buy. (laughs) <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. It's it's that's uh, called cookies, buddy. That's, that's what that is. Or they're spying on you. I'm not quite sure. Here's the thing. So, all right, Aaron Rodgers, um, widely regarded as smart. Uh, <laughs> he uh, deliberately came out with a uh, vague social media post this week. At the time, he has said plainly and clearly that he's contemplating his football future. That's just from profootballtalk.com. Uh, the photos that send their own message. Nine photos accompany the message. Rogers appears in eight of them. He's not in the last photo. Instead, the image shows Randall Cobb and Devontae Adams, who he calls, I think it's called the, I'm trying to remember what he calls his crew there. I think they're called the Thursday Night Gang or something like that. And Rob, Cobb, and Adams. And usually on the National Anthem, he'll stand in between them with Cobb and Adams on either side. Uh, empty space between them, that's, where, that's the spot where Aaron Rodgers stands during the National Anthem. The last Rodgers photo comes from the game at Kansas City, the one where Aaron Rodgers missed after testing positive COVID-19 and after he was faced with withering criticism for lying to the media. Um, so basically, the reason he posted these, uh, obviously contemplating his future, but more or less to sort of, he says in that post, he basically he's not he wasn't aware of how much it affected his family and the people close to him, his, uh, his issues with COVID and whether or not he was vaccinated, he was immunized and all that crap. Uh, basically how it affected the whole team and the people he loves the most those two guys uh, and you know and by the way he broke up with his girlfriend so well, that's another story uh for now uh mission accomplished he wanted to stir he wanted to create a stir with his post and he did um so part 1 part 2 is uh Aaron Rodgers um 43 minute 40 somebody somebody many people listen to this guy talk for 43 minutes can you believe that for 10 let me, let me ask that first can you believe that's that he talked for 43 minutes that's
1: uh that's a long time to listen to somebody with that you know that little emotion is voice. i mean I, i've listened to roger's talk and
0: it's it's like hard not to fall asleep to oh god um, he's he's nauseating yeah, yeah. he just ooh, ooh. he talks to you like he's so much more above you and uh, he literally sits back in his chair and talks the whole time <laughs> wow. like a like a jabroni and uh and so he let everybody know he's cleared his mind and his body do you want to know how he did that trevor <laughs> how have you ever heard of pacha karma no i've not okay so you're not you're not familiar with the cleanse let's just put it like that i'm familiar with what is is karma part of what you're saying or is that pa- just... pacha karma p-a-n-c-h-a-k-a-r-m-a if you don't No, it is. Is that
1: one word or two words, though?
0: It's one word, and basically what it is, um, first off, he mentioned it because I don't know what's been going on the last 12 days, and this is like a paraphrasing. My head's been in the sand, and that's what he said. My my head's been buried under the sand, and I've been doing a Pachakarma cleanse. Now, what a Pachakarma cleanse is? It's a form of therapy, Uh, uh, and I'm going to butcher this, a Yurvidic cleanse. Medicine, which is an alternative system of holistic healing methods formed in ancient India that uses detoxification and purification techniques, herbal and mineral remedies, yoga, meditation, and more. But more importantly, what it is, is they, they take, they ingest a bunch of ghee. If you don't know what ghee is, it's like purified butter in the Middle East to, 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 um, cleanse both ends, if you will. And Uh. it eliminates toxins and basically it's an enema shoved up your butt. Uh, and in your mouth and it t- t- detoxifies your blood and gets all the toxic toxins out. Um, quote, I just came out of a 12 day, cl- 12, 12, day cleanse where you're eating a specific diet and going through these treatments. It's kind of a, a recentering takes away mental stress when I come out of, out intense gratitude. That's just, <laughs> that was just where I was at, felt an, an intense amount of gratitude, um, I don't really want to quote any more about this, so I'm gonna ask your reaction to Aaron Rodgers karma cleanse, him well, having his head buried under the sand for twelve days, him coming out with this Instagram post, um, and just being like sort of a, a can I call him a tool? <laughs>
1: I, I think that's all right. I'll allow it. Yeah, um, allow it No, right off the top of my head the, the thing that, that I ask myself is why does you know, a premier quarterback in the NFL who really should be taking care of himself needs such a cleanse, right? Like, like I, I need a cleanse because you know uh, I do the best I can, folks. But I do eat a lot of garbage. Um, you know, it's it's not a perfect system, not a perfect world. And uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, what what does somebody like him need? How how is he getting so many toxins in his body? Is he not eating right? You know, like, do they not have uh, uh, good good food options at the facilities in Green Bay? It's in uh, Green Bay. Yeah, well, that's, that's a good point. <laughs> a lot um, of cheese. Lot of lot of cheese. Yeah. Uh, but but seriously, I like, I don't get it. Why why you know uh, a a world class athlete uh, would be so toxified? Um. Yeah. So uh, it's but so I, but also I mean. That's that's the whole message was I've detoxed and now I'm gonna lay a, you know not not really tell you guys anything. That was the message I, is I've detoxed.
0: Yeah, I think part of that. Well, it just like you know, I'm sorry, I don't really know what's been going on. I've been detoxing. <laughs> Let me phrase it like that. I have been detoxing for the last twelve days. Like, what have you been doing? I've been detoxing. So of course I wouldn't know what's going on. I've been taking care of my body and getting it ready, mentally and emotionally, to sort of talk about what I'm doing next. You know, um, yeah. yeah. And I think it was in a, it. It was in a response to a question of like, what you know, what what do you, what's your plan? You know, you're on the show. What's your plan? You know, and Pat McAfee, good friends with him, AJ Hawk, and uh, who's the other? Uh, oh, Darius Butler, that other freaking. Oh, God, these guys are such freaking well, so, so the answer they all come on this show the, his yeah. answer to what comes next is well let me tell you what I've been doing let me yeah you. pretty much yeah and I think he did that as a way of redirecting him sort of like, well I've been doing this to in order to prepare for a decision or like prepare my mind and right. sort of like uh, deal with the guilt and shame I've been feeling since I like basically screwed over my whole team <laughs> that one week I lied about COVID
1: <laughs> right <laughs> So, well, and I mean, so, at a certain yeah. point, Aaron Rodgers, are you going to, you know, think about the decision in front of you rather than prepare yourself to make the decision? Like, I, the detoxing is all well and good if if that makes you feel good and if that's what you need to do. But can you at least tell us you've been thinking a lot about your future?
0: Yeah, yeah. I I, know, I, I think that's that's fair criticism. And honestly, it's just another... Like sort of stake, um, it's another stake in the in, in the, the the reputation and respect of Aaron Rodgers. Honestly, like I I I, I think we both agree he's a great player. And in fact, I think last week, and I'm not sure if I said this on this on air, but I I, I mean he's in the same category as Matthew Stafford now. Great player, <laughs> right? They both won one Super Bowl. You know,
1: no. If if he's not careful, so, I mean, MVPs. You know, people have different opinions on what an MVP is, and uh, I, I think they're kind of like the Oscars. You know, time will tell right. whether or not it went to the right person. Um, right. But uh, MVPs aside, he's in danger of having a a a less impressive Hall of Fame resume than Matthew Stafford. Um. So. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, I agree. And at the end of the day, it's just, you know, I, I mean, he continues to kind of put his foot in his mouth, you know. I have to hear about your cleanse. Yeah, <laughs> I did a Pachakarna, Pachakarma cleanse. Oh, great. So you ate a bunch of ghee, you injected up your butt, and you took it in your mouth, and you you detoxified your blood. God, I'm, I'm glad that makes you a great, better person. I'm not saying it's not a bad thing. To, it's a bad thing to do. I just can't help but think, of course he would do this. Of course he would. Right. Of course he would do something like this, you know, because it's Aaron Rodgers. And we expect him to sort of conduct himself as such. We expect him to do these ridiculous things instead of owning up responsibility and to be sort of a a, a human about the mistakes he made and admitting the things that he's done and maybe going to therapy, Aaron. You're like a million dollar, multi-million dollar person who could afford the best therapist the best counselor under the sun and yet you continue to sort of put it off and act like you're in denial of your responsibilities and maybe this Karma cleanse is exactly what he needed i don't know i just couldn't help but think like it was the most aaron Rodgers thing to do i was waiting for tom brady to come out within within the day and say well i've done 15 of those you know <laughs> <laughs> and they all have worked a lot better you know, because I work with what's his face, and you know, and, and Giselle says I have the the best project Karma clients. Like it, you know, and it's going to turn into a peeing contest sort of deal. <laughs> you know, like I'm oh, waiting, man. still waiting uh, for that. uh this, so,
1: this is a little off topic, but um, yeah, I think I saw a, a, a video of Giselle training in jiu-jitsu or judo or something like that. I couldn't really tell if it was judo or jujitsu but it's you know she's brazilian so i want to say it was uh jiu-jitsu but man she looked uh pretty badass um some pretty gnarly takedowns and i think the tag was from uh uh tom brady saying something like my my days of leaving dishes in the sink are numbered you know which is <laughs> uh, sort of funny but uh but yeah, Giselle uh, looked really uh, impressive and I think you know, she's she's not a spring chicken herself. I think do you know if she's uh younger or older than Tom Brady? i mean, uh slightly younger. She's
0: like slightly 39. Younger. Yeah, but yeah. still
1: she has yeah. got some pretty good moves on the mat for a 39-year-old. I was impressed.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's definitely probably athletic you would have to think, right? She's oh, a yeah. Model? Yeah, I mean, yeah, just and probably amazing athlete, just I mean, beautiful person, you know, inside and out. So, um, but yeah, hey, that's let's,
1: let's uh, keep it clean here, Rob.
0: That's my <laughs> it's a kids show. I mean, something show. I, you know, that's my take on the Aaron Rodgers saying. I thought I'd bring it up. We spent about fifteen minutes on it. <laughs> that's ten. Ten of it took me. It took me ten minutes to explain it because it's that ridiculous, you know. Um, but we'll continue to keep a, a, a lens on Aaron Rodgers as we have basically for over the last year.
1: Yeah. You know? We'll we'll continue so. talking about how he says or does or posts something that can be interpreted one way, but not necessarily. It's such a, it's a, it's become cliche. Like we get it. Aaron Rodgers, you, you're not going to say yes. You're not going to say no. You're You're not going to give us any, you're going to give us something to speculate on. But at the end of the day, like you really didn't say anything like, uh, a picture of uh you know uh, Cobb and Adams without him standing between them, like what is that supposed to mean something? you know because <laughs> if it is supposed to mean something, let us know
0: right, right well, you know it, it, the more attention the more we speculate, the more we dive into it with our own theories, interpretations, the more attention he gets that's what uh, he wants. that's the
1: worst part I know Loves even it.
0: now we are Loves
1: participating it. in, the, in yeah. the endless carousel that he doesn't want to get off. Right, um, right. Oh, it's mad thing. Yeah, God,
0: he uh, loves blah, blah, blah. it. Yeah, rabble, 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 right? Yeah. God, he loves it so much. All right, well, that's uh, that's Aaron Rodgers. We'll pick him up <laughs> in, uh, in a couple of weeks, and I'm sure there'll be more things to talk about, man, and more Karma cleanses. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure Brady will come out with his Pachakarma cleanse that in, you can only do at TB12 in Foxborough, Massachusetts, you know? So. All right. Um, anywho, let's, let's flip over to Aaron Rodgers' buddy. We've already brought him up once. And I think it's interesting. This week, um, franchise tags were able to be placed on players pretty quickly—a week after Super Bowl. I don't remember it being that quick ever, but here we are. Um, franchise tags. Let's let's go over the top ten. This is a list from NFL.com. I'm going to borrow a lot of things from a lot of places this year, folks, because I'm not original at all. But I can't I can't overanalyze it and make it a big bigger deal than it actually is, as you can see. So that's what we do. <laughs> that's what we're here for, and which we you know never do. But um, now. <laughs> Let's talk about one through ten, uh starting off with Devontae Adams. Uh franchise tag E possibly, uh wants to play with Aaron Rodgers. Only probably will come back if he's on the Packers. What uh, what would you do if you're the Green Bay Packers here?
1: I mean, if I'm the Green Bay Packers, I'm gonna franchise Devontae Adams and not trade Aaron Rodgers. Um I I mean it it's you know, I don't know. So uh, once I mean I know they didn't make it to the NFC Championship game this year, but they did put together a 13-win season for the first overall seed. Um, it, th- there's just no scenario I've heard, no, one, no one's been able to convince me that it makes sense for Green Bay to, to strive for anything other than making things work with Aaron Rodgers. And when it comes to that, I really do think that the Packers have the upper hand uh, in terms of his contract. Um, so I, I just, and, and at the end of the day, you know, if, if Aaron Rodgers is half as smart as he's supposed to be, he's got to see the same thing that, you know, if, if he's really trying to find success on the field more than cash in on his abilities, then it doesn't make sense for him to go anywhere else than, than Green Bay. That's where he has the best chance to win a Super Bowl this year. So... I, yeah i think uh i think that uh Green Bay is going to cow tow as much as they have to but A word but uh they're i mean i it, to me it makes sense for them to hold on to devonte adams and and not trade aaron rodgers um so uh that uh, uh, sadly, that's what I'm predicting. I and and anybody that's listened to more than one of our podcasts would know that I would love to see Aaron Rodgers play for any other team. Um, I'd love to see him retire. Um, you know, skull Vikings. Uh, there, there's no. I'm not. I'm not trying to hide my bias, but he is. You know, he is a future Hall of Famer. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, if not the best quarterback in the league. And uh, the the Packers would be. It, it just—I mean—and so they—they they drafted Jordan Love, but there's, you know, the word on him is that he's not worked out the way that they wanted him to. He's not the uh, successor to uh, to Rodgers the way Rodgers was to Favre. So it it only makes sense for the Packers to do everything they can to hold on to Aaron Rodgers and get the most out of him next season. And I think franchise tagging Devonte Adams is is. An obvious step towards that end.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> like you made made some good points. Here's what I would say: if it's not Jordan Love, <laughs> if he's not going to play, then just trade him, tag him, trade him. That's a classic route for a lot of uh, teams to go. Patriots have done it plenty of times. I think they did with Dion Branch and Adam Terry. And no, they didn't do with Adam Dion Deion Branch they did it with Matt Castle they did it with. So it's not like uncommon for teams to do that tag trade, right? Um, you know, I, I can't help but think like everything hinges on him, Aaron Rodgers, sorry to be specific. And like, ultimately his, his success hinges on Devonte Adams being there too, because he needs that number one receiver, you know, as any quarterback does. So work it out, even if it's not long-term, get him for a year or two, tag him. know he's at least there for somebody. If he sits out, trade him. It's simple as that. Don't, let him hit free agency and lose him for something. Well, he, you'll get like compensation for him as like, a third-round pick, right? Um, right? For somebody signing him, but don't let that stop you from getting a first or a second or a couple players in return. So I say tag him, trade him. That's, my, that's actually my point because I, Aaron's going to kind
1: of ride you this one out. Him,
0: if you tag him, then the clock on
1: trading him is a long clock. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's yeah. the, the the they 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 could trade him after the start of the season and still cash in, right? Um, so yeah, I I think we're in agreement here. It, it makes it, it, it might be free agency. It might be the most obvious franchise tag in the league right now is Devonte Adams.
0: Yeah, tag him, trade him. Uh, that's where I'm at. I I I still think they, they should do that though. Regardless, I mean. I don't, I just don't know why I can't believe we're still talking about Aaron Rodgers. I don't know why you'd want to keep the situation going on if you're the, the Green Bay Packers. I don't know how it helps you in the long term to draft him in the first round. Keep keep playing into his like victim situation and letting this ride out for so long. Just get rid of the receiver. He's not going to come back if Monte Adams is there and let him go somewhere too. God, Lee, that's what I would do. You oh, know,
1: that's uh, that's what I. I mean, I would, lo- I would love to see both those guys on another team next year, but yeah. uh,
0: but I, j- I don't think that's the way it's going to go. Um, yeah. Well, thank God we can take a break from Aaron Rodgers. For 24 minutes, by God. Jesse Bates, safety for the Cincinnati Bengals, free safety. Um, All-pro, uh, arguably number two in this franchise category. If he hit the free agency, he would probably be the, the highest earner, whoever wh- would be able to sign him, whoever needed that. 24 years old, highest football, pro football focus rating among safeties last year. So, let's again, uh, easily ranks ahead of, well, or just right at the top as in terms of um, the Cincinnati Bengals' priorities this offseason in terms of rebuilding the offensive line, as we saw, and him. Bengals have a lot of cash. Seems like a no-brainer. Tag them or sign them in this case. Because they're going to do one or the other, I would, I would assume, right?
1: Right. So that, I, that, I feel like, is a tougher decision um cuz you know you franchise tag these guys and uh i feel like in a like in a lot of situations it's almost uh like okay we franchise tagged him which means he'll be gone next year yeah um and uh the way the Bengals are built right now i feel like you need to sign him to an extension um you've got to keep this guy on the defense, I mean, you, you saw it in the Super Bowl. Um, you know that the, these guys are built to compete with anybody they step on the field with, but sometimes you need a defense to step up and uh, and you know uh, an all world uh, you know safety. You know it, they they help probably the most in the secondary, but a safety like him, he he helps in all phases of the defense. Um, you know, he's, he's gonna be a menace in coverage, but he's also going to, you know, there you can call a safety blitz and it can be deadly with an athlete like that. Um, so I, I, I really would think that they would try to, uh,
0: come to an agreement for an extension rather than a, than a franchise tag. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Seems like the kind of guy that would probably be there for a the long term considering he's like homegrown you know? Right. And, um, I mean, he, he, yeah, has has played really well with the rest of that secondary, especially last season with Mike Hilton and, um, Jadobi Awuzie. And it seems like they had like a really good, uh, rep um, uh, respect for one another and, and just developed a, a really good communication, which is really important in the back end of that, that secondary, having communication who who's going to be where when big, big plays happen and big passes and, can I have, can I count you to, to be there to back me up in case I do let something by, by accident, you know, or I get burned or what have you? Um, yeah, and Jesse Bates played awesome in the Super Bowl. I thought he was excellent in the Super Bowl, you know? Oh, absolutely. Um, and third among safeties, four and six tackles since he was drafted in 2018. Um, yeah, I, he was excellent in the playoffs, uh, six passes defended. Uh, and, and like I said, earned the highest pro football focus grade among safeties in the playoffs and the regular season. Seems like a no brainer. I think he would want to come back, and um, I think they can get a deal done. So, um, moving on to another secondary guy. Um, this is really big in New England right now. There's a lot of debate, and some of the things he came out and said about how he felt, how they haven't tagged him already. Um, there has to be some sort of discussion of what, what's going to happen to J.C. Jackson in New England. 25 picks since 2018, led the league in the pass and defended last year with 23. Uh, high pro football focus rating. I think he was seventh. So, um, the only question is is do, th- is, do does anybody get paid in New England? <laughs> right not really, and do they ever pay corners in New England other than Stefan Gilmore, and they didn't even pay him that at like top of the market price? He was definitely high up there, but he wasn't top top, um, mm-hmm. and they traded him this season because they wouldn't want to pay him more to come back after his injury so why why should it be any surprise why why well, excuse me, why should I be? Well, what should, what should I make of this? I mean, tag trade, let go.
1: Right. Th- tag, this trade. one sounds uh, a little more uh, like the uh, tag him and trade him type scenario because uh, uh, obviously there there are teams that will pay a premium for this guy. You know, he's a proven product in in the in the secondary, which is you know not not always easy to
0: come by. Um, but but yeah, you look it, at with, New England. Right, well, sorry, not to cut you off. Uh, yeah. But you look at you look at New England, right? And they've they've been really, like I said, they've been really ambivalent about giving a lot of players big deals. But since since 2010, you can count. Okay, what's they've always had a premier number one cornerback, Akib to leave, Daryl Revis, Stephon Gilmore, Ma- Malcolm Butler, J.C. Jackson. There's never been a team in the last 10 years that haven't hasn't had somebody there they can rely on. So, like. Why get rid of him? Is he not a number one corner? Do they not want? Do they not want to pay him? Do they not want to tag him? They don't have anybody else to replace him. So what? What would be the the? What would be the um? What, what would? Why would they get rid of him? Yeah. Right. Well, what would so be the motivation. It, it here?
1: makes a lot of sense to keep him as long as they can keep him. You know, in a in a at a at a price that uh, that Belichick is comfortable with, because it really, you know, we. We really haven't seen anything change with Bill Belichick. You know, he's still kind of running the team. He always has. And uh, there's a real emphasis on, on smart, talented defense. But as you said, they don't really have a history of paying these guys big money. So that's really what it comes down to. And I think one of the... One of you know the missing piece of the puzzle might be having a future Hall of Fame quarterback that guys on the defense can say I want to be here I want to play for this team because this team is really definitely uh, competing for a Super Bowl every year and I'm not saying that the Patriots can't be competing for a Super Bowl next season I'm just saying that it's not the the, the sure thing that it was for 20 years with Tom Brady um, so. There's just a little bit less of the draw for the, for the defensive player um, to, to buy into that team mentality and not seek the bigger payday. Um, so it, it, this is going to be an interesting thing to see how it goes because um, you know Bill Belichick loves his defense. Um, it's it's such a huge part of of their success, no matter who they have at quarterback. Um, so yeah, that'll be a really interesting one to keep an eye on. And if you're a Pats fan, you gotta hope that they that they tag him or work out a deal, but you don't want to see him traded.
0: Well, uh, let me ask you this: I don't want to spend too much time with JC Jackson, but I think it's one of the more interesting scenarios just because of the team and the management and everything else that's going on right there. You know, with them not having an offensive or defensive coordinator and whatnot, there's just a lot of weird things going on New England right now that we've probably never seen, ever. You know, not in not in twenty something years. You know, so do they think he's the number one cornerback? And would you pay JC Jackson 19 million a year? Uh, I mean, it it
1: yeah, it really because that's come what it down that's to, what it comes down to. That yeah yeah um, yeah. I think. I think it's the right thing to do, you know. Looking at the Patriots as as they are, um, I, I feel like going into next season, the recipe for success is to have a dominant defense and a serviceable uh, offense that they can. You know, I, I'm not saying that uh, Mac Jones can't surprise us by improving greatly between his rookie year in his sophomore season. But uh, you know, it, it's it's uh you know, he he is what he is. He's he's a very good young quarterback. Um, but that offense is not anywhere near a razzle dazzle offense. It's a bread and butter type of an offense. Um and I feel like to win games week in and week out, they're gonna need a really good defense to complement what is a good offense? Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it makes sense for the Patriots to prioritize uh, keeping the stars
0: that they have in place on defense right now. So he's the number one corner. <clears throat> That's what you're telling me. If you're going to pay him the money, regardless of whether you want him on defense, they need him. That's There's no doubt about that. But does he cover Stephon Diggs? Does he do it well? Does he cover Mike Evans? Does he cover Tyreek Kill? Does he cover those guys? He's the number one corner. That's why you pay a guy like this, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Is he number one corner? You, you think he's number one corner?
1: You're asking me if he's a number one corner or is the, he a number one corner? the number one corner? one corner is that to be
0: the, but is he a? Yeah.
1: He, he guy he's, like, he's a number the, one corner,
0: yeah. You, okay. You think he's in the same conversation, maybe maybe not the same as Jalen Ramsey, but up, up there with Jalen Ramsey and no, like I, Denzel I think, Ward? I think
1: he's in the conversation with Ramsey and Ward and Uzama. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely I do,
0: yeah. Okay, Okay. well, there you go. Um, well, I want to disagree a little bit. <laughs> I don't know if he is, man. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I've watched a lot of Patriots football. And listen, you would have to be like really synced into the Patriots football and watching the corners. And most of you aren't, and I don't blame you. But because I'm a big Patriots fan, I've watched this guy. I'm not convinced he's, a, he's the number one corner. I'd have to see more tape, and I don't have time to watch it. But I do a football podcast, and I shouldn't say that over here, But here I am. You know, so, but I can tell you what I've seen. And I, and I just think his performance against Buffalo, I thought he, he's been torched by Stefan Diggs. They're lucky it didn't happen three times this year. It only happened twice that there was like a rare windstorm in Buffalo. And that was like absurdly ridiculous, you know? So I'm, I'm surprised he, um, yeah, I think he's not. Is he going to get paid like he is? Of course. And can he perform? Yeah, of course he can. At the end of the day, Belichick has a history for finding guys. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't pay him, gets, gets a receiver for, for Mac Jones, and maybe fills the gap with a first-round pick um, corner and maybe a, a veteran, Malcolm Butler maybe. <laughs> oh no, and,
1: and I, I definitely see where you're coming from there because yeah. I, will, I will be surprised if, if Belichick wants to you know pay him number one corner money.
0: Um, right. even, even I don't think if, he will. even
1: if we disagree whether or not he is one. um yeah. let, Let's say that we do agree that he is a number one corner. I would still doubt that he's going to get a number one cornerback deal in New England because that, that has just not been the way they've done things for twenty five years.
0: Yeah, um, exactly.
1: So. Uh, so yeah, I I don't think that'll happen. And and it kind of comes back to what I said before. You know, the the way that they were able to to keep all those guys that you brought up uh, earlier in the past uh, is because you know there's there was Tom Brady under Center you could make the argument like listen this is a team yes you're good at your job but we need you to be a team player and that means taking team player money not I'm the star of the show money
0: right right
1: and I'm not sure that they can make that argument these days so the Patriot Way <laughs> yeah I don't I don't think the Patriot Way works that well. When you're, you know, trying to feel out this uh, second-year quarterback, um, it's just harder to convince any other stud on the team that, that they have to buy into the team mentality in the Patriot way.
0: Yeah, no question. Good call. Um, let's go with two guys here. And I'm sorry in advance if you hear something purring the whole time. There's a cat in my lap. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, two AFC West stars, or, or so, to, so, so to speak. Let's go with Mike Williams in, in, in Los Angeles. Um, very pivotal to Justin Herbert's season this year. Um, 76 catches, 1,200 yards, plus five of his nine receiving touchdowns for at least 20. That's pretty intense. The guy's just like an absolute threat on the outside. Charges have a lot of cap space. Um, Dagan wouldn't hurt him, uh, in, in free agency they still want to make more, more, um, more moves. So, um, in your opinion... Uh, is Mike Williams? Well, first off, he's gonna be if he's getting tagged, he's gonna be worth. He's gonna be getting paid top five receiver money. A is he worth top five receiver money? Should he be tagged? Should he be traded? Should he be signed? You know,
1: I I really do think that the tag makes sense for Mike Williams. Um, I think that anybody paying attention this season sees that, like. So yeah, no no receiver does it all on their own, but I think Mike Williams is is largely responsible for the success that he had this year, and uh, you got to think that he'd be just as good on any other squad. Um, it's the way he plays the position. It's a it's a nice mix of of fundamentals and route running, and just being physical and being able to 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 overpower uh, uh, cornerbacks and safeties. So I think, uh, I think it makes a lot of sense for them to, to hold on to Mike Williams. Um, you know, he, he really is a, a, a an, I play, I think he's an underappreciated part of what makes that team successful. Um, so I, I just think, uh, you know, the, they're very happy with Justin Herbert, and they should be. He's doing a great job. But, uh, right, I guess what I'm trying to say is I think that Herbert needs Mike Williams more than Mike Williams needs Herbert. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's why it makes sense to me for them to definitely, whether it's a tag or a deal, um, they they can't let him hit free agency. They they can't. They, they'd be foolish to trade him. Um, and I know that that doesn't, you know, you should always be open to trade negotiations because someone might be offering something ridiculous. Uh, but I also I don't see that happening either. I don't think teams are going to go out and, and break the bank on Mike Williams. So it makes the most sense for,
0: for the Chargers to hold on to him. Right, right. I, I, yeah, good analysis. I can't I disagree more. I can't uh, agree more. And I think at the end of the day, like Mike Williams is a very essential part of that offense, and it. And you really get to get to surround Justin Herbert as much talent as possible, so he continues to develop, continues to shine, and they win. Uh, I mean, we saw what the coach does on a routine basis, uh, going for like fourth down and like fifth down and whatever uh-huh. other downs are available after fourth. So I'd imagine it's probably best to have any, everybody. Uh, retained on the offense because if you're on the field and you're not kicking the ball a lot, you're punting or kicking, and when you should be, you're going to need playmakers out there to get you first downs. So at the very least, that should be a, an option, but also because of sake of Justin Herbert's development and ha- having him there with continuity and everything. Third year. It's scary what Justin Herbert's going to be like next year. Oh, scary man. to think about. Yeah. Um, two tight ends really quick. Uh, Mike Gusecki, Miami Dolphins tight end. Um, and Dalton Schultz tight end for the Dallas Cowboys, two guys will be free agents, possible taggers top 10 right here in the NFL.com tagging is supposed to be for free for tight ends, just under 11 million. Um, but, um, uh, it's interesting because one, one team is flush with cap space Miami and really needs to surround to a tongue of with a lot of people and Dal- and Dalton Schultz on the Dallas Cowboys is not flush with tags with, with cap space. And so, uh, paying him is going to be hard to figure out because they got to figure, they got to pay Randy Gregory. I heard they might, they might cut Mark Cooper. <laughs> that could be a whole another show right there. Oh, man. Michael Gallup could be a free agent. There's so a lot of things going on for Dallas, not as much for Miami, but both tight ends are in similar situations as far as getting paid is so concerned. These, so
1: these two tight ends are, uh, these, these ones are difficult to speculate on because, because of the teams that they're on. Um, you know Miami, like you said, they've got a lot of cap space, but but they're looking at a new coach. Um, they're I, I I I don't know what uh, what they think of Tua internally uh, because they're nearing that point now where they have to start asking themselves how committed to Tua they really want to be. I, I hate right. saying it because I'm a, I'm a fan of Tua. I, I think he's a, a talented athlete but it, things are not working out, and he certainly had weapons around him. Um, and and he, he's putting up some good highlights, but it's not translating to wins. It's almost like a, like a Kirk Cousins in Minnesota type situation where like you're not sure he's the problem, but you're also pretty sure at this point that he's not the solution either. So what to do in terms of uh, whether or not – it's worth using your franchise tag to hold on to a weapon for him. Um, I'm also not sure what the uh, tight end draft class looks like. That was that's a that's a blank spot in my football knowledge right now.
0: Yeah, I um, don't think there's a lot worth taking in the first couple of rounds off yeah. the top of my head. Just so, one in Colorado State and UMass, I think. Yeah, so there's a lot BC. to
1: a lot to balance there. And then in Dallas, man, uh, it's. it's it, I feel like this happens every year. They've, they've got some obvious stars on the roster. Um, the potential for success is always extremely high, and and you. Uh, our listeners heard me say it going into the season this last year. Uh, you know, it, 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 I feel like every year we're just waiting to see how the Cowboys fall apart and when, um, and and every year it happens. Uh, and it's, it's, I, I don't envy the people in the Cowboys' front office who have to make these kinds of decisions. How do we clean up this mess and move forward and give ourselves the best chance to succeed next season? Um, certainly they've been missing having a, a, a clutch tight end uh, these last couple seasons. And if they think, uh, well, what's his name? Dalton Schultz. Schultz, thank you if they think Schultz is the guy then then absolutely and and if they think you know they're not going to be able to hold on to to the receiving core then uh then it becomes even more important to uh to retain Schultz but uh man there's just there's almost too many variables for me to really weigh in with any kind of certainty
0: yeah i i, I agree <clears throat> i just couldn't help but feel like they're in similar situations come, both coming off pretty fairly productive seasons and are going to get paid appropriately. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, no, and that's so, the thing. I, I've been talking about the
0: perspectives of these front yeah.
1: offices. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah, yeah. When, it,
1: when it comes to these two tight ends, um, the future, I think, for them individually is bright, whether they right. stay where they are or hit free agency or get traded. Um, they're, they're very, you know, it, you, you, you get these tight ends to the NFL level. Some of them work out, some of them don't, but the ones that do... There's just there's something that that uh, defenses can never completely account for. They're These big body guys that know how to run good routes and get open, uh, you know, on the short field. So you know, you've you've got to have that weapon in today's NFL.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Especially with a quarterback like Dak Prescott, like he's gonna be roaming around the pocket so much. Uh, excuse me, out and out of the pocket so much. He needs somebody who sticks in the middle of the field and kind of follow him. Big body, he can throw it across his, his body or like make a kind of a dangerous throw and there's a wide radius for him to kind of catch it. You know, Dolan Schultz, that is to say. So, but yeah, 78 catches, 808 yards, eight touchdowns. Yeah. And then Kisecki, um, same amount of yards, same amount of catches, but I think two or three touchdowns. But nonetheless, a, a league where there's a lot of young quarterbacks, they need tight ends to kind of to, to help with the development and and just kind of make them confident when they're throwing the ball because they're they're just big guys with good hands, you know, and they, um, some of them can block. We, and we it could were, be a six offensive lineman.
1: We were talking so, about this uh, during last year's draft when uh, yeah. when Atlanta took who was named Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts, right. right? You know that right. was, that was <laughs> the highest drafted tight end of all time, and yep. uh, and and it, I don't think it was a bad pick. I mean, it was a great pick.
0: It um, was an excellent pick, yeah.
1: No and that, that just kind kinda of no shows Bryant. you the the way offenses are going in, in the NFL right now. Tight ends are, have never been uh, a more important piece of the puzzle than they are right now. Um, yeah. So, so Absolutely. yeah, the, the, the these guys they've got uh, bright futures, I think. But uh, you know, Dallas and Miami, the the. You know the chaos that they're both trying to sort out right now. It's it's too much for me right. to actually say what what is best uh, for the team because it's just there's yeah it's just waiting. It's like the yeah you're just yeah. waiting for the shit to hit the finish hitting the fans so you can see
0: where you should start cleaning up first. <laughs> <laughs> well, and like Miami's case, new head coach right, Mike McDaniel. Absolutely. Is, is Kosecki even part of his plans? Is a part of his plans? Who knows? Like in Dallas's case, they just can't afford. Him. And they probably, and they definitely need them. I mean, they need as many teams as they can. You know, a lot of people have said with the cap, the salary cap, too, it's so flexible and its um, plasticity is so real that we don't even know. You know? Like, they can just move some some money around here, there, boom, then all of a sudden everybody's signed. And Dallas has shown they've done that a hundred times over. <laughs> you know, they did that with, like, four offensive linemen one year. They all get paid. And you're like, how? They still have to pay Dak. And then they did. And they paid Zeke. It's like, what? Who else is going to get How do they keep doing this? It's just the way the owners can manipulate the caps. If you ever hear an owner say, "We can't," oh, they got to take less money so we can build around them. Well, that's not true. <laughs> I always thought the Patriot Way was kind of overrated. I do think there's a lot of ways to manipulate the cap. We've seen it before; it will create dead money, but they can always move some other things around. They figure it out somehow. They always do. Um, it's it's not like a, to, a total ceiling. It's probably a glass ceiling to some degree, you know. So uh, that's just my opinion, and we'll see how it works out in free agency. Um, of course, you have to. You do have to make money to get, to, you have to get money, you have to make money, so the people get cut, and that's what it is, people get traded, people restructure contracts all the time, you know, they convert it into bonuses, these, these owners have billions of dollars, they figure it out, you know? Oh, yeah. Most of them aren't idiots. Most of them. <laughs> Some of them are. <laughs> so... Now, if, the,
1: if the ceiling is in the way, you can just lean out the window for a couple of seasons, <laughs>
0: Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Right, right, You could take a shower, you know. Just, figure. You can totally forget about it, you know. So you can put on an episode, a season of Sopranos and, and uh, disassociate for a while, you know. So, um, well, we only got a little bit of time here, but I want to ask you real quick. XFL coming out, hearing that they're a Petri dish for the NFL, meaning that they're going to be sort of a, a hamster for testing out rules and uh, possibly some things for players and management and everything else. Um USFL starts out uh, next month, April. We're at the end of February here. Um, couldn't help but think with USFL having two-year contracts or one year plus a team option, they can't go to the other leagues or what have you. And they're kind of a spring league, and there's so much minutia and weird things. I don't even think it will work out, but that's just my opinion. But they are owned by, I think, like some sort of broadcasting agreement. So maybe there's a lot of money there, or at least a stability. What do you think about this, uh, as far as the XFL is concerned? Its so, third restart. <laughs>
1: I'll, I'll start with the XFL yeah. and then I'll come back to spring leagues in yeah. general. Um, the XFL being a, a, a petri dish, a, a testing grounds for for new rules and and, and new ideas. Uh, I feel like that's what they were uh, in the past. You know, I I I think you know the NFL has has always learned a lot from what does and doesn't work out for the XFL uh including that that crazy format where it was almost like a dodgeball format to start the game having two guys sprint down the field and scramble for the ball um that that was the XFL that did that yeah yes yeah. Yeah. They so, ran at each other. Yeah. So I, I they, they
0: basically died when they got yeah. there.
1: Yeah. yeah so. Bad, bad idea. Did not, uh, did not make it to the NFL with that one. Um, but, uh, you know, the, uh, I, I think that that's, I, I think that's nothing new. You know, I, I think that, uh, and, and any spring league is going to be that Petri dish to, to some degree. Um, But uh, when it comes to the XFL and the USFL and the AAFL, rest in peace. um, What could have been? Yeah, so a lot of times I don't know exactly how to take a big picture view on how to get what I want when it comes to a spring league. Because what I really want is a spring league that finishes a season and finishes another season. I want a stable spring league, something that can become something that we look forward to every year and can build its own traditions and its own history. Um, and so for me as the fan, uh, I'm pretty much, I, I buy into whatever spring league is giving it a shot. You know, I, I went all in on the AAFL What was that? Three years ago,
0: two years ago. Oh, we all did, buddy.
1: Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, and it was heartbreaking when it didn't work out and it was, even worse when you when you found out a little bit more about why and how you know you got the feeling that it was sort of doomed from the beginning all the while while you were getting excited about these teams and these fans, um, so so that's that's what I'm trying to say. What I really want is a spring league, whether that's the USFL or the XFL. Um, you know, I could pick which one I'd rather have work out, but that's not as important to me as having one of them. Work and and become stable
0: and something that I can look forward to every year after the Super Bowl. Right, right, uh, yeah, it's a good point. I, you know, I would make in addition to that. I just want to see as many leagues as possible. You know, yeah, no, I mean, that, really, that'd
1: be great. It's hard yeah, to imagine that there's possible. Room, you know, we've we, right. we've we've yet to have even I think two years where we've had you know back to back seasons of two professional football leagues. Uh, right. But so you know, it's so for me, it's hard to imagine having three professional football leagues exist at the same time. I guess I kind of just assume that it's going to have to be one or the other if even one of them is going to work out. Um, But that's what I really want. I really do want a second professional football league that that you know is you know call it a petri dish, call it a feeder league, whatever. But I, I want one that, you know, doesn't have to, uh, you know, it can, you know, you can see the same teams on the field for two, three years in a row instead of just always having a
0: one-and-done type of a league. Yeah, right. And, and in addition to that, there's, uh, as we've come to find out, betting is more accessible to everybody, you know, at any time. Um, <clears throat> and so there's people will bet on football no matter what. You could put chickens out there with helmets and uniforms in fact that could be a thing
1: and um
0: <laughs> and there will there'll be there, there will be a population that bet on it you know and so there will be a, if they're betting on it they're watching it and so there's at least a million people there <laughs> you know um, that'll get you some ratings and so if it's on a major network people will watch it i mean people want love football they miss it when it goes away as long as the product's competitive it's good people watch it i was watching the xfl before covid happened I thought it was actually a pretty decent product for what it was. And then it went away. <laughs> right. You know, but as long as it's compelling, uh, there's an audience there. There's, cr- there's a crowd to at least make it compelling in terms of atmosphere. People will watch it. Uh, I can almost guarantee it. Like you said, it doesn't matter what kind of you call these leagues. Um, really, at the end of the day, they're, they're never going to touch the NFL's prowess or success. They're always going to be feeder leagues. They always will in some way, shape, or form. doesn't matter yeah, if they're associated yeah, they, or not.
1: I, you know? I want I want a league that's around long enough for me to become a diehard fan of one of the teams, the way right. I'm a diehard Vikings fan. Um, right? Because you know a- anybody that that follows the NFL, you've got your team, and then maybe you've got one or two other teams that you also like to root for, and you, you follow certain teams certain years because of uh, star players that you enjoy. But you've got your one team. Um, a second league is a chance to have another one team. You know, my right. my XFL team is blah blah blah. You know, I right. want that. I want to be able to have another football team that I. You know, when it comes to college football, I'm a OU fan, Crimson and Cream, Boomer Sooner baby. Uh, mm-hmm. I want another team uh, that I can call my team and that I can you know buy the jersey, uh, get the get the jumper, all those things. Um, mm. but, uh, you know, the way these spring leagues go, uh, you're, you're just, you almost, you're, you're dooming the league when you, you know, buy a, a, a Salt Lake Knights jersey or, or something like that. Oh, you so. do.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, and as far as I know, the USFL will be all played in one city the XFL, we'll see. <laughs> so I don't know how that's going to work. So. You know, just keep a, keep an open mind when it comes to more football, and uh, you know we'll get it. And it's kind of like if you click your heels together, you'll get more things that you want. So, <laughs> who would have thought we get more footballs, more things to talk about, which we will talk about when time comes, which is in a month. <laughs> so we could preview some things about the USFL, figure out what the hell the league is about, how it's going to be played, and where to watch it. We'll talk more about it, and we'll continue to have content in addition to Aaron Rodgers. So the first half-hour show will be the Aaron Rodgers show, the second half of the USFL. <laughs> so That's right. buckle, buckle up, people. It's going to get interesting. <laughs> so anywho, uh, 23 more weeks until the NFL season starts, uh, and I uh, can't wait. But the Combine's next week, which starts to signify that uh, we're going to get something, and it's going to be a little tease, but we'll get something. Free agency's in two and a half weeks. We'll be back in two weeks uh, to talk more about it and preview some things. And uh, just... Keep listening to us here. Follow us on Instagram as at Football General Podcast. I'm at Bobby in law on Instagram. He's at Trev Geoduty Instagram, he being Trevor. Um, nah. and we, uh Football in General will be back in two weeks to talk about the combine and sort of preview NFL free agency. Do you have anything left to talk about? That's right. Say Trevor as we two jump brothers. Off? I mean two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> two guys. Two guys and two yeah, two guys with beards talking about men's stuff. That's what we are, you know? So until then, uh, have, be safe, be pleasant, and we're out.